does it take to make a person happy? If you ask 100 people that question, you're going to get a lot of different answers. George Burns, the comedian who lived to be over 100, said happiness is a large, caring, tight-knit family who live in another city. Oscar Wilde, who is the Irish poet, said some people bring happiness wherever they go. Other people bring happiness whenever they go. Have you met people like that? I have too. Frank Sinatra said this. He said, a man doesn't know what happiness is until he's married. By then it's too late. (laughs) And I disagree with that. I want you to know I disagree with that. I heard about this little girl who was going to her very first wedding. She had never been to a wedding and she was there with her mother and she was taking it all in. And when the bride came in dressed in white, she was just enamored by it and she was watching and she asked her mom, Mom, why is, why is the bride dressed in white? And her mom said, well, honey, white is the color of happiness. And this is the happiest day of her life. She sat there for a little while longer just watching everything. And then she turned to her mom again and said, well, why is the groom dressed in black? <laughs> well, I want you to know tonight that the wrong question to ask is, what does it take to make a person happy? That's the wrong question. The question we should be asking is, what does it take to fill a person with joy? Because you need to understand that joy and happiness are not the same thing. They're two totally different things. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a work of God. Happiness depends on what happens to you. Joy depends on who lives in you. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is based on our circumstances. Joy is experienced regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what is happening around us. Happiness is like a thermometer that regulates or registers conditions. Joy is like a thermostat that regulates conditions. Happiness often disappears when when suffering comes into our life, but joy intensifies When suffering comes into our life. C.S. Lewis said this about joy. He said joy is the serious business of heaven. And the Bible speaks a lot about joy. Let me give you three verses. In Romans 15 it says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in him. Jesus said this. He said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And James the Apostle said in James chapter 1, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And what can we learn from those three verses? Well, it's telling us that God is the one who fills us with joy and it is his joy. You cannot produce joy in your life. You cannot manufacture joy in your life. All you can do is receive joy from the Father. And the Bible says the God of all creation says that he wants to give you his joy. And when you receive his joy, it will overflow out of you. In other words, his joy will spill out of your life onto others. And the problems and the troubles of life are only opportunities for us to even experience greater joy. 
Now let me give you my definition of joy. Joy is an inward happiness that comes from God that is not dependent upon outward circumstances. Let me say that again. Joy is an inward happiness that comes from God that is not dependent upon outward circumstances. And who wouldn't want joy? And Jesus came into the world so that we could have joy. Now this Christmas Eve, I want us to look at what the Bible says about Christmas and joy. And as we do, I want us to look at Luke chapter 2, and I want us to begin with verse 8. And so just listen along as I read. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the Lord reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, who is Christ the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, those verses tell us that because of Christmas, there is good news that brings great joy to all people. Now that word good news is the Greek word euangelizo, which is the word we get our word gospel from. And most often in the scriptures that word is translated gospel. But the problem today is most people are confused when it comes to the gospel. They think that the gospel is going to spoil their fun. The gospel is going to destroy their plans. But that is far from the truth. You see, the Bible teaches that it is the thief, our enemy, Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes, the gospel comes, to bring life in all of its fullness. You see, the gospel is good news of great joy. Now, that word joy is the Greek word charis, the word that is oftentimes translated in the New Testament grace or, or gift. And joy comes from experiencing the grace of God in our life, the gift of eternal life. And this verse doesn't say that God just brings us joy. It says he brings us great joy. The Greek word there for great is the word mega. And mega means large. It means in abundance. It means overflowing. In other words, God gives us joy in abundance to our life. You may be filled with all kinds of things in your life this Christmas season. I, all kinds of fear and, and all kinds of despair. It could be the result of a job. It could be the result of a relationship. It could be the result of, of a health problem or, or the death of someone you love. It could be a host of other things going on in your life. But I'm here to tell you this Christmas Eve that in the midst of the pains of this life, God says, I bring you good news of great joy. My grace can overwhelm you with great joy. And so tonight as we unpack this passage for just a few moments, I want us to answer two questions. The first question is this, who is the good news for? Look at verse 10 again. Verse 10 says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So who is the good news for? It's for all people people. Who is the good news for? Say it with me. It's for all people. You see, the good news isn't for a 
few people. The good news isn't for a select group of people. The good news is for all people. The good news is for everyone. Regardless of your nation of origin, Jesus brings good news. Regardless of your ethnic background, Jesus brings good news. And regardless of your sinful past or your sinful present, Jesus brings good news. And Jesus brings good news to everyone. So if you think the gospel isn't for you, that you're too bad or you're too far gone, I've got good news for you that can bring great joy to your life. And that is God loves you. And Jesus came to save you. And if you don't hear anything else tonight, you need to hear that. God loves you. And Jesus came to save you. So the good news is for you and, and you and you and you is for me. The good news is for everybody. But the second question I want us to answer is this. What is the good news? What is that good news of great joy? Well, notice what it says in verse 11. It says, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, don't miss what the angel said. The baby that was born in that manger is the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. There are some of us maybe here tonight who never get Jesus out of the manger. But you need to understand that Jesus grew up. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And three days later, Jesus rose from the grave, defeating sin and death. Jesus is the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. And those three words... Give us the good news that brings great joy. Now, first of all, it's telling us that we have a Savior who will save us and forgive us from all of our sins. Jesus came to forgive us, to save us. Do you remember what the angel said to Joseph when he told Joseph that the lady that he was engaged to, betrothed through, was 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 pregnant with a baby that was from the Holy Spirit. He said, you're to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Later on, Jesus said this. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. And John wrote this in his gospel. He said, God did not send the world to, Jesus into the world to condemn it, but to save it. The apostle Paul said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the truth is, we all need a Savior, each and every one of us. Regardless of where we were born, regardless of how we have been raised, regardless of how we have lived, we need a Savior. And the reason is because of sin. Each and every one of us in this room have been infected by sin. And that sin causes us to rebel against our creator. And the result of that rebellion is death. Physical death. Spiritual death. Eternal death. But Jesus came to be our savior. He came to take our death upon himself so that you and I could be forgiven. 
You see, there are some people today that think that Jesus came to this earth to keep us from hell. Jesus didn't come to this earth to keep us from hell. That's just a byproduct. Jesus came to save us from our sin, the penalty of our sin, the power of our sin, and the presence of our sin. So we have a Savior who will forgive us for all of our sins. Listen, it it doesn't matter what you've done. It, It doesn't matter how bad you have rebelled. You may think you're beyond hope, but you're not. That thief on the cross who hours earlier had cursed at Jesus, he wasn't beyond hope. The apostle Paul, who was trying to absolutely stomp out the church, he was not beyond hope. Peter, who denied Jesus three times, denied that he even knew the Lord, he wasn't beyond hope. It it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. Jesus Christ came to this world to save you. We have a Savior who will save us from our sins. But the second thing we see in this passage is that we have a Christ who will set us free from whatever enslaves us, whatever chains us. Christ is the title of the Messiah, the one that the Jews were looking for, this political, they thought, leader who would come and set them free from whatever political power had them in slavery at that time. At that moment, it was the Romans. And they thought that that a Messiah was coming, a a Christ was coming who would overthrow the Roman government. And Jesus did come to set us free. But Jesus didn't come to set us free politically. Jesus came to set us free from sin. Today, we have all sorts of support groups in America. It doesn't matter what your addiction may be. There's a support group to help you. We have Alcoholics Anonymous, we have Narcotics Anonymous, we have Overeaters Anonymous, we have Sex Addicts Anonymous, we have, we have support groups for every single thing imaginable out there. And listen, support groups are good, they're great, because the people in those support groups, they can encourage us and, and they can hold us accountable and, and they can support us as we're trying to to live a life that that is free from these chains that bind us. But but let me tell you what these support groups say. AA says this. AA says, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. What AA teaches is that once you become an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, and and you can learn how to control your alcoholism. You can can learn how to not give in to your alcoholism, but, but if you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. But that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. I want you to listen to me tonight, brother and sister. Jesus Christ can set you free from whatever it is that chains you, that binds you, that enslaves you. Whatever snare it may be, Jesus Christ can loosen those bonds and set you free. There's an old English song that I found this past week that, that it ministered to my soul. I want to read it to you. I'm not going to try to sing it. It says, since Christ my soul from sin set free, this life has been a joy to me. And mid her sorrows and its woe, tis joy, my Jesus, here to know. Oh, hallelujah, yes, tis joy, for it is Christ that I enjoy. 
on land or sea, what matters where, where Jesus is, my joy is there. The earth was once a bitter place till Jesus showed his smiling face. Now joy has begun within my soul to last while endless ages roll. What matters where on earth we dwell, on mountaintop or in the dell or cottage or a mansion fair, where Jesus is, my joy is there. Listen, when we have Jesus, Jesus brings us joy and Jesus sets us free. Dear brothers, I know what it is to be enslaved by something. And I know that when you are enslaved to something, when you are enchained to something, it brings shame. It brings sorrow, it brings discouragement, it brings despair and depression. But I want you to know that when Jesus sets you free, it brings joy to your soul. You see, we have a Savior that will forgive us for every sin. We have a Christ that will set us free from whatever enslaves us. But then there's a third thing this passage teaches, and that is we have a Lord who sits on the throne of our life, and this is the one we most often forget. Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sin. Jesus came to take over our life. And we forget that submitting to the Lordship of Jesus is something we must do to be saved. Many people today say things like this, well, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior, but he's, he's not my Lord yet. And, and that's kind of saying that we can tear Jesus into parts and we can accept the part of him we want and reject the part that we don't want or save it to later, and yet we can't do that. If Jesus is our Savior, he's also our Lord. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We believe with our heart that Jesus died for our sins. We confess with our mouth that he is the Lord of our life, the master of our life, the the sovereign one over our life. Later on, the Apostle Paul said, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's coming a day when all the kings and presidents and rulers and dictators who live or who have ever lived will kneel before the one true king. That day will occur at the judgment. But if you want to be saved... You have to surrender to Jesus as Lord now before it's too late. And why wouldn't you want to do that? If he is your creator, and he is, then he knows what is best for you. He knows why you were created. He knows what will ultimately make you joyful and happy and give you peace. And I want you to know that you will never experience those things until you submit to his lordship. There may be some of you here tonight who you've searched in every way imaginable to find this peace and and joy that, that you can have in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, but it's eluded you. And I'm here to tell you that perhaps the reason that it's eluded you 
is because you haven't surrendered to Jesus as Lord. Because when you do, he can give you the hope in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. He can give you peace in the midst of the storms of life. And he will give you joy that is beyond any kind of understanding that you've ever experienced in life. And so the good news is we have a Savior who will forgive us for all of our sins. We have a Christ who will set us free from whatever it is that that ensnares us, that chains us. And we have a Lord that will guide and direct our life. That's the good news. But the good news is only good news if we receive it. Let me give you an example. Tomorrow morning at our house, we're going to have six grandkids there tomorrow morning. We're going to have um, four kids there. My wife is going to be there. We've got presents all over under the tree, and those presents have names on them. And, and suppose tomorrow morning there's a present with my name on it. And suppose somebody has put a lot of thought into what they wanted to get me. And they, they worked hard to, to save up the money to buy me that gift because they felt like that that gift would bring joy to my life. But tomorrow morning as all the gifts are, are opened up and, and unwrapped and smiles are coming to everyone's face, suppose I, I just choose to leave that gift that's to me under the tree. It doesn't change the fact that someone's given me a gift. It's already been purchased. It's wrapped, ready for me to receive it. But for that gift to do me any good, I, I've got to pick it up. I've got to unwrap it. I've got to receive it. The Bible says, but as many as receive Jesus, to those he gives the right to become children of God. You see, it's not enough to know he's the Savior, to know he is the Christ, to know he is the Lord. You have to receive him as your Savior. You have to receive him as your Christ. You have to receive him as your Lord. So have you? Is he your Savior, your Christ, your Lord? I want you to bow your head with me and close your eyes. With your head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're here this evening and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, the one who can forgive you and set you free, the one who can guide and direct your life, and tonight you're ready to do that, I've got good news for you. Because the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He says, if you just simply call on me in humility, I'll save you. And so if you're here and you're ready to receive Jesus as your Savior, the one who can set you free, the one who will guide and direct your life, I want to invite you to pray this prayer right now. Dear Father, I humbly come to you tonight admitting that I am a sinner. I've disobeyed you. I've lived life my way. And I'm tired of living that way. I don't want to live that way anymore. Jesus, I believe you came to this earth. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave so I could be forgiven, so that I could 
have a new start, a new beginning. Today I'm trusting you. Today I'm giving you my life. Take control. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me. And with your head still bowed, your eyes still closed, please don't.